Welcome to Leading the Way, a ministry of Brooklyn Baptist Church in Chesney, South Carolina. Join us each week for practical preaching and foundational truth from God's Word. Here's the pastor of Brooklyn Baptist Church, Clay Collins. Thank you for listening to the broadcast today. Our prayers at the song and sermon will be a help and encouragement to you as you listen. Today on the broadcast, we're going to feature a song by our church choir entitled, He Lifted Me. Then we're going to go right to the message, and this will be the next part in our series of messages we've been featuring on the whole armor of God out of Ephesians chapter number six. We've entitled this series of messages, Being Armed Against Adversity. And today we're going to deal with that shield of faith, and we're entitling this, Having Faith as Our Coverage. So get your Bibles open to Ephesians chapter number six, worship with a song by our church choir, and then hear God's word preached.
want you to notice something when you look at verse number 14 it tells us having your loins skirt about with truth at the end of verse 14 having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace it emphasizes having to do something to put these on but when you come down to verse number 16 and 17 it says taking the shield of faith take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit it's interesting that the first three pieces deal with having the latter three pieces deal with taking you say preacher what does that mean well having emphasizes it takes some work it takes some ability of our own to make this come about but the latter three here talking about faith salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God is something we take it's already complete we must just take what God has already complete it and therefore use it amen and so when we look at these pieces it's very applicable and it's given to us in a language that we can understand uh, as far as a soldier in standing for the Lord Jesus Christ but tonight I want to deal with verse 16 and that is that shield of faith and uh, by alliteration I want to call this faith as our coverage faith is our coverage when you think about a shield you think about the coverage and the protection that that shield shield is going to allow for you when I think about a soldier I think about the shield that is the first thing out front that the soldier has a shield goes along with a soldier a shield is also under the control of a soldier when you think about a a shield it is under the complete control of that soldier if a soldier lays it down somewhere and gets rid of his shield uh, listen he has done himself a harm he has put himself in a position to where he can easily be attacked and so a shield is under the control of the soldier another thing about a shield is that it is secured to the soldier a shield is something that a soldier would wrap his arm into and he would literally clasp that thing to his arm it would be always attached to the soldier can I say tonight my faith is not something that I turn on on Sunday morning and turn on on Sunday night and turn on on Wednesday night but my faith is something that is secure to the soldier amen I'm glad my salvation rests upon me putting faith in Jesus Christ but I am secure and I am sealed by the Holy Spirit of God under the day of redemption also the soldier is something that is to be cared for by the soldier when you study in the Roman times of those Roman soldiers their shield was something that they had to care for and maintain the problem with many Christians is they do not care for their faith they do not maintain so to speak their faith they put no regard into their faith they go casually through this life and never pay any attention to building up the most precious things of their faith and protecting themselves and therefore when troubles come and storms come they catch us off guard and we don't feel like we're prepared for the things we deal with in this life So that soldier had to use that shield and that shield was a very vital part of the soldier. And so tonight we're looking at our faith as our coverage. Faith as our coverage. Number one tonight, I want to look and I want to just dissect verse 16 as really what we're going to preach out of tonight. And I want to look tonight at the priority, number one, of the shield. 
You say, preacher, what do you mean the priority of the shield? Well, you don't have to turn there, but 1 John 5, 4 says this, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. We're never going to have victory without faith. We're never going to live victorious without having faith. Now you say, well, preacher, what do you mean having faith? Well, let me stop and say this. It's not faith in our president. It's not faith in our economy. It's not faith in our 401k. It's not faith that one day in four years we'll have another president that'll reverse what this president does. No, your faith is in the wrong place and that is why you don't have faith tonight. Our faith must solely rest in Jesus Christ. The faith that it is talking about is not faith in the energy of our flesh. It is not faith in what we can do. It is faith in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. First John 5, 4 tells, Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. If you're saved, you are born of God. You're born from above. You've been born again. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory. What is the overcoming? What is the victory? Even our faith. See, here's the problem. Many times we face difficulties and we all of a sudden begin to lose faith, as people say. We begin to lose sight of the fundamentals of the Word of God. But can I remind you tonight, our victory lies not in, so to speak, ourselves, but in our confidence and belief and our trust and our faith in who God is. I'm not resting tonight in who I am. I'm not resting tonight in who you are. I'm resting in who God is and who He is. Listen, I, I'm nothing special. There might be days I feel good and days I don't feel good, but I'm glad I'm trusting in God as the one that keeps me. Now, Paul said, in whom I have believed and am persuaded that He is able to keep that which I've committed unto Him against that day. I'm not trusting in my good works. I'm not trusting in my good deeds. I'm not trusting in my tithes. I'm not trusting in my faith promise. I'm not trusting in my church membership. All those things are fruit of salvation, but they're not my faith. My faith is completely and solely rest in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. But I want us to look here tonight at number one, the priority of the shield. Notice verse 16 starts with saying above all, above all. Here it is listed out three things that we need to have as the whole armor of God. And it's going to list, the fourth one is taking the shield of faith. It's going to go on in verse 17 to say, and take the helmet of salvation and then the sword of the Spirit. And, but it starts in verse 16 differently than all the other five by saying above all. Many people say, well preacher, what does this mean? Well I believe it deals with the position of that shield. You say, preacher, what do you mean the position? Well, some people might look at that word above all and say, well, what it's saying is that's more important than anything else. Well, I don't know about that. But what I believe it means is it's literally above and on the outside of everything else. That shield is something that is outward. It is out front and above everything else that is attached to the body. That shield will be out front. That shield will be above all. That shield will be the first thing that the fiery darts of the wicked should touch. It should never reach our chest. It should never reach our core. The attacks of Satan should never reach our head because we have a shield that is above and out in front of everything else that should be able to quench those fiery darts of the wicked that's the position 
of this shield, the priority we can see of the shield. See, here's the problem. When we begin to lose sight of Christ, when we begin to lose faith and hope that God is going to come through, when we begin to get the place where we begin to doubt what God is going to do, what we've really done is taken our shield of faith and laid it down and said, well, I'm beginning to doubt God's going to come through. I'm beginning to doubt that uh, God's going to work this for my good and His glory. I'm beginning to doubt that God's going to provide that bill. What we're really doing is taking that shield and laying it down and making ourselves subject for a fiery dart from the wicked one which is Satan to come and attack us so easily. Our faith and confidence and belief and assurance in God is an out front above all protector in our life to guard us and shield us. When Satan begins to throw those fiery darts, we can begin to let them ricochet off and bounce off and begin to quench those fiery darts. You see, that, 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 that shield is above all. That's the priority of that shield. But number two tonight, I want to notice the purpose of the shield. All of us would agree tonight that a shield's number one responsibility is to protect you. That purpose of a shield is for coverage. That's why I'm calling this tonight faith as our coverage in dealing with this peace. It is to shield us. It is to cover us. I know tonight I've used just briefly this offering plate as my example, but when you study a Roman soldier, their shield was much larger than this. We're not talking about Captain America's shield that he throws and you know those kind of things that we try to relate to a shield. But the shield of a Roman soldier probably measured around two foot by four foot. It was a large, heavy-duty shield that many times was made out of wood, and then it was overlaid with leather in order that that leather would be a protector there as the arrows come at it and to protect that wood. And that, that, that shield was very large. That shield was something that literally uh, that soldier could put in front of him and get down behind and shield and hide himself in a time of battle. Think about that. Here's the question I ask you. In a time of difficulty, can you hide behind your faith? Think about that. Is your faith strong enough to be a two-by-four door, so to speak, two-foot-by-four-foot, that you could get behind and shield yourself in a time of uncertainty, in a time when Satan has gotten his bow and arrow out and his quiver is no doubt full of many fiery darts and he begins to sling them things at you. Do you have enough faith to get behind it in a difficult day and say, I'm going to hide myself in the confidence of who God is and how faithful he's been? Can you really say, hey, though he slay me, yet I trust him, though whatever I might face... God is still good, and I'm going to trust God through this thing. That is what shielding yourself with the faith really means. When the difficult day comes, I can get behind it and rest in the fact that that shield is going to protect me. I'm glad I know that God's going to take care of me. Amen. Hallelujah to that. I'm glad the purpose of the shield, number one, is for protection. But number two, I want to notice the Bible said above all, taking the shield of faith. Not only is protection, but it's proactive. He says the shield of faith. Here's the thing, church. What is faith? Faith is confidence, trust, and belief in God. The Bible tells us even in Hebrews chapter 11 that without faith, it is impossible to please God. But here's the thing. Many people look at this and say, oh, well, preacher, I'm saved, so I automatically just have faith in God. 
Well, I understand that. There is faith in the aspect of our salvation. But how much do you really trust in God on a day-to-day basis in your life? When we lose our job, all of a sudden our faith becomes tested. When we lose our family member, all of a sudden our faith becomes tested. When we lose our, the, the fundamentals that make us seem to be make us who we are. We lose our house, we lose our job, we lose money, we lose our assets. All of a sudden the things that we were trusting in that we probably never even realized we were trusting in. But those tangible items in our life begin to fall. Those things in our life begin to fall apart. We begin to lose those uh, assumptive worlds, so to speak, around us. The things we assume that will always be there in our life. And all of a sudden, those things begin to fall. We begin to find out how much we really were trusting in other things besides Him. Now, some of you may have never been in those places yet, but I'm telling you, there's going to be days in your life, things that you thought would always be there are going to begin to fall, and you're going to begin to realize how much you really did trust in those little things around you. Preacher, what are you saying? What I'm saying is we put faith in God at salvation, but I'm not just talking about saving faith. I'm talking about serving faith. I'm talking about sanctifying faith. I'm talking about strengthening faith. Faith in God and who He is, the person of Christ. Faith in the the, the printed uh, Word of God here. Faith that God's Word is true. Faith in the promises of God. Faith in the providence of God. You say, Preacher, what do you mean? I don't understand understand everything that's going to happen to me you don't understand everything that might happen to you but we have to just say hey God I don't understand but I'm trusting your promises and I'm trusting you and I'm trusting in the providence and the promises of God preacher you got to answer for everything God does absolutely not absolutely not I don't understand everything God does and I don't have to understand I just have to trust him God never said we must give an answer for every move he makes, but he said we must trust him. We must understand the promises of God that all things work together for our good and his glory. We must understand that through whatever we face, though we may can't explain it, I'm glad we don't have to explain it. All we have to do is trust him because he knows what he's doing. Amen. Not only do we see the promises and not only do we see that it is a proactive faith, it is also a personal faith. Notice he said, and take, uh, excuse me, notice in verse number 16, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able. Amen. Notice that little Y-E. That's talking about you and I. It's personal. Preacher, what are you saying? This doesn't just apply to the preacher. This just doesn't apply to those that want to call themselves spiritual. This doesn't just apply to the singer and the Sunday school teacher. But all of us must take that shield of faith because you will be under attack of Satan. If you haven't already, one day you will be. One day the devil is going to put his bullseye and the crosshairs of his bow and arrow on you and going to begin to shoot those fiery darts in your direction. I can promise you, you've got to have a personal faith in Jesus Christ and a personal faith in the promises in the person and in the providence of God amen Amen. talking about the purpose of the shield see God has a purpose for our faith our faith is not just something we brag about on Sunday morning Sunday night Wednesday night 
many of us come to church and we think that, you know, oh, let's dust off our faith and let's boast about how good we are. Listen, I'm not here tonight to boast about my faith. Every time I face a trial, I figure out how little faith I've got. I feel many times like those disciples when they were in that boat and they begin to face a little roaring water and they run to Jesus asleep on that pillow and said, Lord, carest thou not that we perish? Listen, I find myself in their position many days. Amen. Preacher, what are you saying? I find myself many days when Jesus saying, oh, you have little faith. I find myself there a lot more than I do when Jesus told about that soldier and he said, I've not seen such great faith. No, not in Israel or Jerusalem. I find myself a lot more in the position of those disciples. Listen, I'm talking about a personal shield. I'm talking about personal faith. And I'm talking about personal victory. See, 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. It's personal. I can't trust in your faith. I can't trust you to get me to heaven. I can't trust you to be what helps me, so to speak, make it in this state. And I thank God for the church. I love the church. Thank God we can pray together. We can sing together. We can shout together. We hear from the word together. But hey, when I face the time of trial, I've also got to be willing to stand and put my shield out when nobody else is around. It's personal. Personal shield, personal faith, personal victory. We see the purpose of the shield. But number three, tonight we see the power of the shield. He said, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith, wherewith, you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Let's use reverse a moment. What is, we could reverse this scripture and say this, if you don't take it, you'll not be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked. Here's the thing, there's power in taking this shield. In other words, he said, take. In other words, what God has done is God has said, hey, here's the shield. Here's the shield. There's the shield of faith. But you've got to go and you've got to take it. That word take doesn't mean that I take it in so to speak a bad manner. That word take literally means that you receive it. Just like you received the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart, you've got to receive that. And you've got to take it. And you've got to do something with it. Here's the problem. There's power in the shield. But so many times people aren't willing to take the shield of faith. They're willing to just lay out a church whenever it's not convenient. They're willing to just go through the motions and they think that Bible reading is not important until a trial comes. They think prayer life is not important until a difficult situation comes. And then all of a sudden when the devil begins to attack them, then they look around and they're going, where's my shield? Where's my armor? And the devil is attacking them and beating them down and down and down in their spiritual walk there's a promise here in this power he said take the excuse me above all take the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able look at that word shall that word shall is the same word that we believe when the scripture says whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved preacher what are you saying we must be born again All these are promises in the Word of God. Just as you believe that when you call upon the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved, the same power that allows you to go from a sinner to a saint is the same power that's going to allow you to take this shield of faith and to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. It's the same promises of God. Preacher, what are you saying? It's a promise. Hey, he's talking about having faith in his promises. He's talking about having faith that, hey, I can trust what God said. I'm going to step out by faith and take that shield, and God is going to help me with those things that the devil's attacking me with. Hey, we can trust God with those things. 
Amen. There's a promise here. Ye shall be able. Wherewith ye shall be able. You say, oh, preacher, you know, I'm weak. Listen, I, I'm weak many days too. Jesus prayed in the garden of Gethsemane that his spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. All of our flesh is weak. But I'm not trusting in my flesh. I'm trusting in the shield. Trusting in the shield. Preacher, what are you saying? We, we've got the place where we think we can defeat the devil on our own methods. We think we can conquer the devil in our own mentality. We, we've read a few uh, quirky little quotes and we've read a few spiritual magazines and we, we've looked into our own ideology and think, oh, you know, when the devil comes our way, you know, I've got this and I've got that and I'll try something new. No, you'll be defeated at the end of the day. You must take the shield of faith. We see the promise, but number two, he said, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Notice not only the promise, but the putting out. He said, you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. In other words, what that tells me is that these darts coming my way, they're not just sharp. Listen, I, I love to hunt, and listen, I want that broad head on the end of that bow to be as sharp as it can be. I've never tried this, but maybe I ought to set them on fire. Amen. I don't know. But he said that these darts are fiery. And he said that this shield can quench those fiery darts. In other words, this shield is going to do two things. Preacher, what is this shield going to do? Two things it's going to do. Number one, it's going to stop that fiery dart. It's going to stop it. The objective of that shield is that when Satan rears back and lunges an arrow perfectly into your territory, is that the arrow would hit the shield and not hit you. That this will counteract and hit it and stop it. But number two, not only to stop it from penetrating you and hurting you and wounding you, but also to stop and put the fire out. See, here's the thing a lot of people don't realize. Satan, when he hits you with one of his arrows... It'll wound you, but it's also a fiery dart. Therefore, when it wounds you and it scars you and it opens up and it begins to make you to a place of bleeding, it also is going to make you come ablaze. Now you say, preacher, what does that got to do with anything? It's gonna, he's going to do his best not only to wound you, but to set you on fire. What happens with fire? Fire spreads. When the devil gets one of his heirs into you, it don't always just stop right there. It will begin to spread. Preacher, what are you saying? Listen to me now. The Bible speaks a lot about quenching. The Bible tells us we're to quench not the Spirit. But sadly, many of us have quenched the Spirit and not quenched the fiery darts of the wicked. The Bible speaks a lot about quenching. And let me, let me just say this. It ought to be our desire to put out those, those fires. It ought to be our desire at least to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. You think about that soldier, we've been talking about the armor, but underneath that armor, that soldier had clothes on. Underneath that armor, there was fabric. Underneath that chest plate, underneath that, uh, underneath that leather uh, loin skirt about with truth, underneath uh, that helmet and all, all these areas, there was also normal clothing. That when, that when that arrow penetrated or hit that soldier, that fire could get on that fabric. And if that fire got on that inner fabric, and it began to spread, his body would begin to burn underneath. Preacher, what are you saying? The Bible speaks in the book of James that the tongue is a world of iniquity and it is set on fire of hell. 
You know why some people can't control their lips? Because Satan has lunged a fiery dart into their mouth and it just begin to spread. And boy, they love to get a gnaw on everybody and get in everybody's business and be a busybody and begin to downgrade and sow discord. Why? Because that fiery dart of the wicked has set their fire on, has set their mouth on fire of hell. That's right. Preacher, what are you saying? Listen, Satan's fiery darts. It doesn't just say that he shoots arrows at, he, at us, but it is those fiery darts of the wicked were to put them out. One of the things I began to study about those Roman soldiers, as I said a moment ago, they'd build those shields and they'd be made out of wood. They would cover them in leather, but many of the times they would either dip those... Thank you for listening to Leading the Way. We would like to invite you to our services at Brooklyn Baptist Church. Our Sunday school is at 9.45 a.m., morning worship at 10.45 a.m., and our evening worship is at 6 p.m. Wednesday night worship is at 7 p.m. The church is located at 8449 Harris Bridge Road in Chesney, South Carolina. If you would like to correspond with us, please do so by writing to this address. If you would like more information about our church or to watch one of our services live, please visit our Facebook page, Brooklyn Baptist of Chesney, or our website, brooklynbaptistchurch.com. Thank you for listening, and we hope you have a blessed day.